It's your old pal ML Elric coming to you a day late because, of course, the University of Michigan had to screw things up, but not as badly as the airlines, which delayed Mark Fellhauer's return to the Red Shovel Network. Sean is with us virtually because he's virtually alive, having visited an urgent care in Houston where they told him the penicillin should clear up the burning <laughs> sensation and maybe help him with whatever's going on with his with his throat so i feel uh, really bad for sean i really do yeah he had he had uh, five bucks on the huskies so um, <laughs> are so. you there yeah how you guys doing <laughs> love him love that guy oh me i'm wonderful i'm having a great week Mark is is uh, walking on sunshine. How much sleep have you had in the last seventy two hours? Um, oh, I slept pretty good last night from uh, ten p.m. to six a.m. But the night before, uh, I think after the game, by the time the bars closed, we got home around two thirty to sleep around three and up at six. So that's not bad. That's, that's not too bad. Not horrible, but uh, but I, I didn't want to sleep, man. It was great. It was a fun. It was a fun, fun day, fun weekend. Even though the weekend was Sunday, yeah. Monday, and Tuesday. Yeah, that was uh, quite a glorious weekend. Did you watch? Did you even watch the game? Oh, you did because you texted me at one point. Um, I tried to be as gracious as I could in any text. Does it really bother you? Um, uh, you know, it was. Uh, I'd like to point out a tweet from um, oh. at Sarge underscore MSU. So, assume, presumably, a state fan, right? He said, it feels like, feels like as a fan, you should only be forced to suffer through one of these in the following in the same season. Number one, your most hated rival winning a natty. Number two, your head coach getting fired for jacking off. Nobody should have to endure both. So I have a lot of sympathy for you. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been a, a rough year. This is the weirdest college football season and, quite frankly, my favorite ever from uh, this state's perspective because of everything that you guys had to go through and everything Michigan went through on the off, you know, off the field. And then, of course, winning well, the I've championship. Heard of, I've, heard of, I've heard a few Spartan fans say, and I don't know if you feel this way, Mikey, but uh, I think I can call you Mikey. We're, we're close enough for that. I've heard a few Spartan fans say that, you know, the only reason they can tolerate the natty, as you like to say, is because of the, the scandals, that that's made it tolerable. That if this were a pure, magical carpet ride season from the start with none of the distractions or scandals or accusations of size stealing, that they would be miserable. But they're not as much because Michigan is seen as cheaters outside the state. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Go with that. Yeah. I don't know that I subscribe to wanting to put an asterisk on their national championship. I love to take. I take the, all the cheap shots you want. I, I, yeah. I love to take the dig that you know mm. uh, they were co-national no, 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 champions a, no, no. in '97. Not an asterisk, but just the perception. Not not an asterisk. Just the cultural perception, like I, that's all I've heard since I've been in Texas. Really, it's amazing. It's yes, it's really interesting how differently folks down here see it. 
and I think of college football fans around the country, it's it's really something. Well, I would like we to I would like to a, I would like to argue two points with that. Number one, a lot of the really vocal national people, be it Paul Feinbaum or Pat McAfee, have all been like, "Yeah, that stuff didn't matter. Like, it was not that big of an advantage." No, no, no. But I'm not I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about casual college football fans okay. who say love the University of Texas. When I was around them, because uh, I, I flew, I flew through Austin to drive to Houston, and that was the first thing. It's like, how you, how are you guys dealing with the cheating up there, and why did you guys need to cheat? They don't really know a lot about it, other than they think University that, that Michigan cheated, and they don't know a lot of details. So there's that perception that's that it's tainted, and and that's too bad. Well, I think that happens. I think that happens with a lot of college football teams. I mean, people think Alabama, even Harbaugh thought Alabama cheated with oversigning, and you know, it just oh yeah. And there's you know, right. well, no, no, but Miami that was maybe, you know convicts versus Catholics. Yeah. I mean, you're always going to take find some some shitty thing Reggie to say. Bo- to, Reggie Bush and the money there, but yeah, no, they won. So so what? Yeah, no, but but that it's never been before the NCAA is investigated for. For literally side stealing for what the casual fans think is gives you an advantage on the field, and maybe I'm veering it more here in Texas because they went through with the Astros, ah, man. and oh. so there's a and there's a big rivalry you know, with the Rangers and the Astros, and the Rangers fans are like, "Well, we won without doing that, and so our World Series means more." And so it's it's interesting. I love, well, they, I love the, your uh, voice today, man. The owner of the Astros never started a forever war, so I guess they got that that uh, they can throw back at the uh, at the Ranger fans. But be, 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 before we get too deep into this, don't make me laugh. That's going to really hurt. Before we get too deep into this, we we want to welcome all of our our Patreon subscribers. We now have. Five people have signed up on Patreon who now not only can listen to this episode without the commercials that are inserted by our hosting services, but they can watch the show, which we're back to producing a video version of the show. So if you want to find out how to sign up on Patreon and support the show, you can go to our website, mlsoulofdetroit.com, or you can go to Patreon and look for ML Soul of Detroit. We'll thank them a little later in the show and tell you about the different levels and what you can get. We're also brought to you by our longtime sponsor, Luke Nowacki, who sponsors all the Red Shovel Network shows. Dr. Yaldo, who also sponsors all the Red Shovel Network shows. And Zot Ford. We're so great to have the Zot dealerships yeah. back with us. Uh, they are also sponsoring all the network shows. And we'll tell you a little bit later um, about the great deals you can get there and how they're not just supporting us. Zot is supporting the Girl Scouts, um, and and maybe That's way too kind, and maybe uh, uh, you know getting themselves in line for some early onset diabetes. But we'll we'll tell hey. you a little bit more about that what? that later. Well, all those cookies, you know, the number of cookies you at Gabara. Don't have to eat them. You can donate directly. You put them out there for the birds, or give them. I haven't seen you donate. Give them to the unhoused. I mean, Actually, Hank, I do need to buy some. I mean, cookies Hank Winchester did too. So. Oh, did he? Oh, what? Huh? What's going on? So did Dan Wetzel. Actually, so it's crazy. You were talking about boxes of cookies. I thought you meant like boxes of ziti, like a gangster term for, you know, a thousand bucks or whatever. I don't know. Five thousand uh, You've been sick, so you're out of the loop. But yeah, my, my daughter has joined Girl Scouts, and this is her first time selling cookies. And Wait, I, she's selling cocaine? I wish. That'd be easier to sell. What is, this, what is she yeah. doing? Hits for the Girl Scouts? Been, God, how sick are you? That's, that's amazing. You're putting her to work for the mob. And how old is she? <laughs> Nine, absolutely. You know, syphilis does early. affect your your logic centers. 
So this may be more the, uh, the, the penicillin may not be strong enough. You may have some resistance. I think that's awesome. And I'm looking forward to reports every week from uh, trails with a nine-year-old mobster. Exactly. I'm looking for you uh, to, to buy something or else you might get whacked. Yeah. <laughs> so you're still, you're, you're still in Houston, which um, what a lovely city to be stuck in. I like Houston. It's just that I've been in this little glass office corporate park area. We know with a hotel, you know, the kind of place. It's an 80s hotel. Like a, so much of this state was bo- boomed in the 80s, as you know. And, God, and I just have been in this little area. The only time I've been out was to go to the game. And uh, I felt a little bit better that day. Figured oh. I could go, you know, I wanted, I wanted to go do my job. I've been writing from the room. But uh, no, it's been it's been something being stuck here, and we came in early, and I flew through Austin. A few of my colleagues did too, and then a lot of a lot of people stayed till today because, as you know, Mark, you came down here the airfares, you know, yeah. going direct and going uh, to try to leave home yesterday. I guess were crazy, so we were trying to be responsible, like Mike, save the company a little bit of money. Well, I'll say let's let's start with the city of Houston first off. I thought the people were fantastic. I mean, really, really nice people and very proud of their city, which reminds me of another city that's quite big. I just hate... Fort Worth? Is, huh? Fort Worth? Oh, there's a, well, Sean, you and I were texting about There's a lot of similarities between Detroit and Houston. The number one being how spread out everything is. So you try to go out, and I know it's a Sunday, Monday night in, in, you know, during the week, but that downtown is empty. And all there were were pockets of Washington fans and pockets of Michigan fans. And everything's closed super early. The bars don't stay open late. It's just a really, it was a really different city. And I felt like there was a lot of similarities being in downtown Detroit versus being in downtown Houston. I think half the people in Houston moved there from Detroit about 30 years ago. Remember when there's that massive exodus from Michiganders to to Texans? Oh, yeah. I've got cousins. i got an uncle down there. A lot. Yeah, a lot of them went to Dallas Fort Worth, and there's a there's a big GM plant in uh, Arlington, which is where the Texas Rangers play and the Cowboys play and so forth between Dallas Fort Worth. But yeah, no, there there are Michiganders all over the state. Houston reminds me a little bit of that way to Trump, but it, mm-hmm. it really reminds me more of L.A. It's mm-hmm. it's just partly because of the tropical feel down here, but it's just it's massive, and there are people here from all over the world. It's become one of the the, the the melting pot communities of our country in the last 20 years, they here in Atlanta. And, and it's interesting. And whatever else you think of all that, one of the, one of the great pluses is, um, is the food. Yeah. This, is, this is a great, great food city. And you can eat, you can eat mashups from uh, people mixing their, their foods from all over the world together. And I love that about Houston. You can go get crawfish, for example, cooked, in a Vietnamese, uh, with Vietnamese spices, because the Vietnamese came here in the 60s, late 60s, uh, displaced during the war because the climate is very similar to Vietnam, parts of Vietnam, with the humidity, and they ran the shrimp boats and so on and so forth. So Houston's got got great stories and and narratives, but Mark, if you want to go ahead and and poop on it, because it's not, uh, I don't know, Chicago or whatever, whatever you love. I'm not pooping on it. I just, I I don't know, maybe I expected... uh, I expected a little more um, vibrancy, I guess, in general. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just like it's just like all all the Texas cities except for Austin. Austin's the one with, that's 
packed centrally and people are on bikes and feet. That's, and, you that's know, probably, that's probably what I was missing. No, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining about the whole trip, but that, that stadium too, by the way, <laughs> what a piece of garbage. It's, not the, be- it's, it's, it's not the best. And oh, it's, it's one awful. of those first that have you been there before Mike to that stadium? Uh, no, it's been a while actually since I've had any postseason collegiate football uh, activities. I, unfortunately. I felt I, I had to look it up, Sean, because I'm like, how old is the stadium? Because I, you know, I feel like it's 20. fairly. It's the same yeah, age it's as twenty plus years. It's the same age as Ford Field. It was open the same year. Yet I feel like it's aging far worse, and the concourses are about half the size. And that that was my yeah, no, that was. That was back when they were first building those kind of stadiums, trying to beat these modern downtown new stadiums, and that were covered but not the traditional domes. Yeah, and they just they they really mis- they really messed up with the the concourses because it's it feels like a fire hazard, man. You cannot move. Yeah. Yes, I I, w- I went down to see a buddy of mine uh, who lives here that I went to high school with. And, you know, he'd made a big huh. spread the night before, and I had to cancel. But anyway, no, it was it was. Yeah, that play, I hate to say this, but it's kind of dumpy. Yeah, it's really dark. Um, but but I was just amazed at how small the concourses were. It's hard. It was hard to get in and out. But uh, best Wi Fi of any stadium I've ever been in my life. Wi Fi was fantastic. It's also not in downtown, right? It's not. No, you I mean, know, it's, it, it's next to downtown, but it's not in downtown. And that's kind of the problem with it being all spread out, you know. And maybe and maybe that was part of the issue too. But they had public transportation that worked fine, and you know. So in that way, very much unlike Detroit. Oh, very, oh, very much so. Yeah. Except uh, getting from, it's really funny because I saw today, there's a story about, Hey, um, we're going to build a a bus route from downtown Detroit to the airport. Right. Which, you know. Yeah. We've never seen that story before. Exactly. But part of the story was it will cost $15 to travel on that bus to and from the airport, which I was like, that seems a little high. If you wanted to do that in Houston, it was a dollar 25. The other thing a is $1.25 to take a bus. If that you is, don't have a parking lot where you can leave your car, what's the point of taking a bus? Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just. Yeah. You know, how do you get to the bus? How do you get to the bus? Well, you, can, you can do that. You can do that from Lansing and from uh, East Lansing and from Ann Arbor and on the Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor Flyer, right? It's a, you take a bus to Metro Airport. So why can't they just do something like that? I know, but you need to have some kind of public transportation to and from an airport because a lot of people don't want to rent cars. Yeah, especially when it's... Now you have Uber and Uber, you know, it's like, it was $100 to Uber from the airport to the hotel to downtown Houston. And I would imagine oh, sure. similar costs sure here. It was. Yeah, I think it was $60 from my house to uh, the airport if I wanted to Uber. So I'm like, I'm just going to drive and park. Same, same. Uh, well, you, you could have flown. Houston's so big at two airports, you could have flown into Hobby. You know, no, I couldn't. No, I couldn't because I don't get to choose where which flight flies into where. I'm really, I'm really, well, no, I'm, I'm done with the airlines. I'm done with flying. It's just, you, you're done, and you're done with Texas, even though your boys, no. uh, your team won the national championship down there. Well, so now, no, now I'm not we're, done with Texas. We're getting, I'll give it another shot. We're getting to the heart of the matter because yes. we're, we're kind of building Sorry. up to this. But whoever you cheer for, whether it's blue or green, um, maize and blue, we we have to acknowledge that something happened on Monday, and it's something that uh, was long overdue, and it I think it 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 resolved the question of who is what's this punchline going to be the best college football coach in Michigan. And that would be the College Football Hall of Fame's decision to enshrine Mark D'Antonio. So that was big news on Monday in college football. Apparently, a bunch of tools went to Houston for something else that happened on Monday. 
Um, I guess Washington handed off a game that they should have won. They just didn't play very well, and so they rolled over. And Mark and Sean oh, were beautiful. What Mark a beautiful and, thing. Mark I've never Sean, seen an offense like that, Washington. Mark and Sean were there. By the way, you were right. Washington fans, very nice. Very fun. Uh, yeah, I'm, their football team continues to disappoint me on a regular basis. But uh, <laughs> No, but I mean, hanging out with them, running into a very great group of people. They're not too ultra serious about football. I mean, they are, but they're not, it's not the only thing in their life. You can tell. Yeah, they were probably more concerned about the, the Wi-Fi, like like you were, so they could no, I'm just check saying, was their, not, their was, jobs at Google and it Apple. Was, and, it was good added value to be able Microsoft, to. Microsoft. Uh, to be able to watch replays on my YouTube TV on my phone. Yeah, but no. It, no, you're right. You're right, though, Mark. The hotel I was staying in was, you know, there were fans for both, a lot of fans for both. There were probably more Michigan fans, but... It was interesting. I mean, I mean, obviously you could spot them because of the colors that they were they were wearing the differences in the colors. But there's so many other guys from the and, and this is just a tiny little sample. I'm not trying to make any grand statement, but I swear it had shoulder length hair and they were just looser. They looked, uh, you know, they, you know, maybe in Ann Arbor 30 years ago when I first was there, you saw that more. But it was just it was just funny how many sort of uh, hippie-ish looking football fans I saw in this particular hotel. There were probably more the- people wearing sandals at this game than any national championship in the history of college football. <laughs> oh, it was kind of it was yeah. kind of amusing and a fun and a fun and you're right, they were really chill when I I'd go down because I haven't felt well I'd go down and get a carry out from the, the lobby restaurant and uh you know a couple of them would talk I want to talk and they were just the chillest. They, you know Very different from overhearing the Michigan conversations while I was waiting for my food. Oh, what'd you hear? Just a a, a different kind of attitude, intensity, and seriousness, you know. More dicks. Probably probably because you get more shit. I mean, maybe so. Who knows? But I just thought, (laughs) it just was funny watching all these these guys in there. They look like musicians walking around in their gear. It's fun. I gotta say, speaking of getting shit, it's nice now because um, ML, like you, you even alluded to it. You can't say shared championship since '97. Now you can't. And none of those little digs matter. It may be vacated championship, but no, not but, gonna be vacated. But the thing is, and this is I saw with my own eyes. This is where people wanna want to look for some way to put an asterisk or to try and diminish this. And uh, boy, I wish I that team. I wish I could good. find something uh, to use there, but it's it's really well, it's it's really tough to continue making that argument that oh well, the beginning their early schedule was weak. Uh, Penn State has no offense. Iowa can't score. Uh, Ohio State had a quarterback that transferred to a lesser program, you know, you name it, well, whatever, fact, whatever. Uh, they beat every single team they played. Including Alabama made that- a shitty snap on the last play. Maybe they would have got in the end zone with a better center. It doesn't matter. When the plays had to be made, they made it. I, I thought Washington was the better team. I thought that, that, you know, their running back was a little bit dinged up. I've seen Penix play all season where he doesn't miss a target. He couldn't hit the side of a barn because the guy was under pressure like he's never seen before. There's no, and I say this with an incredibly heavy heart, there's really no contesting that that Michigan team deserved to be number one and that they were 15-0 and no matter who they played, whether it was close, whether it wasn't close, whether they did it with their legs, whether they did it in the air, whether they did it with their defense. They beat every single team 
they faced, and so they are the national champions. With, and with a well, historic all-time historic defense too. They did not allow, allow more well, than twenty-five points in any single game. It's the first time in what one hundred and four years. Uh, the defense scoring was ten and ten point two. Everyone talks about how great Georgia's defense was the last couple of years. That's the same scoring defense that Georgia had last year. Well, for the record, this defense is highly underrated. The Spartans could have kicked a field goal. We chose not to. So well, I hope you're factoring that in your final. Numbers. No, I'm mad that East Carolina did though on the very oh. last play when they were down thirty. The Georgia, the Georgia's defense was uh, the, the great ones from two years ago. Here's here's Mike. This, this is. They trailed my, uh, Michigan this year. Trailed for a total of forty-one minutes. Yeah, here's the thing. That's Mike, incredible. Here's the takeaway from this season for me, and just think about the Michigan program. And this thing's a little bit as a spark. Michigan had the same team Michigan State had in 2014, and if there had been a 14 playoff there that year, you would have a national championship. You were the best team that year. You had the best defense. And you had a toughness about you, togetherness, a lot of the qualities, the same qualities the Michigan's got this year. But in order for uh, teams to win like Michigan or Michigan State that year, you got to have the right year. You know, you you all the, you were joking about Ohio State not having a great quarterback and Penn State not having an offense. Iowa, Alabama's not right. I mean, two years ago, Alabama, right? They're not. Or, so so you're joking about it, but it's true. M- Michigan and the, that Michigan State team need a, a year where there's not Georgia from two years ago or Alabama from the year before that or Clemson with Deshaun Watson, whatever. That's that's how it has to happen, and that's all lined up. And, that, and that's a beautiful thing. I don't know that Michigan will ever recruit at, at the level that, that those three or four schools no. do. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And that's okay. So, but the, 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 the finding guys like Michigan State did that. Antonio and Harbaugh had a lot of similarities in the way they built these programs. Michigan recruits at a little higher level than state, but not a lot to where Antonio was recruiting when he was rolling. And that's what's fun about these teams. They're developmental guys. They find three-star guys, and they turn them into future pros. And they win that way, and it's, and it's, a, it's a great story. Well, he, I, I he don't all, think there's a lot of three-star guys on this Michigan team. There's a lot of oh, yeah, four and five stars and a lot no, of guys. Are, two, two five-stars. And, and a lot of Will guys Johnson. they grabbed from the portal. Wasn't J.J. a five-star recruit? J.J. J. J. and Will Johnson. There were only two five-stars. Yeah, they're the first. I've written about this a couple times. First of all, they're the first team to win a title in the CPF era that's ranked outside the top ten composite recruiting rankings. In other words, they don't have the recruiting talent on the whole roster that any of these other title teams have had by, by a long shot. So they're the first team to do that. I would bet they're going to be the first team to win a title since Ohio State 10 years ago that's not going to have a first-round pick in the following draft. Right? It depends who goes, but yeah, pro- possibly, yeah. I mean, that which is also unusual. So no, Mike, if five or six of their best players are three-star guys. Okay. I stand, I stand yeah. corrected. Well, I mean, it, it, look, look at where they were with COVID, right? In 20, were they two and four that year? Canceled the Ohio State game. You know, they, they, they didn't cancel that Ohio State game and they lose that. Who knows if Harbaugh's still around? Um, but he realized, look, I need to figure something out here. This is not working. However, I'm doing it, we're doing okay, but I need to take it to the next level. Massive staff overhaul. Decides we need to run an NFL defense. Gets a guy from his brother, Mike McDonald, who's going to be an NFL head coach next year. Um, 
gets Biff Pogey. We've talked about Biff Pogey before, who tells him, like, dude, just be yourself. If you like the way these guys are, are playing and you love them, tell them that. And he started doing that, and he became – Harbaugh just became more chill, and everybody seemed to then buy in with that. I don't know. I mean, it's all those weird little things. It's hard to win in this sport because, yeah, Alabama, better players across the board. Ohio State, better players across the board. So it takes a lot to to put it all together, and they did. A little lying, a little cheating never hurts, but, hey, he did it. Well, sure. but, but, Mike, to your point, you have to have the right seat. You got to have the right season, and we've been saying, "Look, this isn't some, uh, this isn't revisionist history." We've been saying this is the beginning of the year. This is a good year for Michigan to win it. There was no dominant, right? There wasn't. There wasn't a super team out there this year, and you got to take advantage of that. I, I remember playing softball at Belle Isle in the summer with Tony Garcia, who's now the beat writer for the Free Press. Um, for Michigan, a very good one. Yeah, and he's a, he's a Spartan who grew up in Ann Arbor, which is always an interesting thing. And he was saying on the diamond, he's like, he, he, he saw some, I guess it must have been some practices or just looking at the roster, he said, this is an amazing team. This team can win it all. And I just remember sitting here thinking, oh, shit, we're getting our ass beat in softball and Michigan might win the national championship. I said, this sucks. And uh, and we continued to get our ass beat in softball and and uh, Michigan won the national championship. So uh, Tony is not only an amazing uh, shortstop with a, a, a power bat, he knows a little bit about college football too. Maybe it's a recency bias, but my buddies and I were all talking. You know, you, you naturally then go and compare other teams that you've liked for the team that you like, like 97, Michigan's team, 2006. You know, you just compare these teams. And across the board, we're like, no, this because we like these guys are very, very likable guys. If you learn about them, like Blake, they are Blake Corum and JJ, and yeah, it's a special, it's a special team and a special group. And I did did I say this on the air last week that uh, that I was when I was out of the Rose Bowl, one of the, one of the folks helping out with the, help them sort of run the media operation. No, you know what? You told me well, off the air, so please share the story. That was you mostly story. talked about yeah, food no, from it, the Rose Bowl. She, she works for the so family. Yeah, had no, some crawfish. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, she works for the uh, uh, the Olympics. You know, she lives in Switzerland, but she's a friend of hers runs the media stuff for the Rose Bowl, and she was over visiting family, so she went to help out. And she is an Ohio State Buckeyes. She swam for the Buckeyes. And she was out there all week in the lead up to the Rose Bowl. And um, what's that? Uh-oh. I guess she I drowned. Also, I'll, I'll finish the story. but Because oh. um, what he was saying is she worked for Ohio State. And she said she is really starting to like these this group of people, this group, this team, the, the players. Like They were very nice and... Um, outgoing and engaging and willing to do whatever they wanted them to do, which I can imagine older Harbaugh teams might not have been like that. No, the, oh, the, there it's true. Uh, sorry about that, but her point was that it, it was against her better judgment. She didn't want to. She didn't want to say that. She didn't want to admit it as a Buckeye. I mean, she swam at Ohio State. She was a college level swimmer, and uh, but and, and and it hurt her heart almost. She's like, but I gotta admit it there. They're wearing me down. This is a really good group. So there was something about that team this year. All I know is if you have a team, whatever sport, professional or college, and they have a chance to go to a national championship game, and you have the chance to go see it, or a Super Bowl, or World Series, just go. Because there's something kind of nice about being around this 
camaraderie of strangers that all have this similar, um, you know, thing that we all love and pull for and cheer for, you know, because you immediately have a group of friends that are strangers. It's, it's just kind of a cool thing. And I really, really hope the Lions can build on what they've done and, you know, beat the Rams and God knows what, because it's going to be nuts on Sunday. Oh, I, I think, I think, uh, the atmosphere around a national championship is is going to be different than an NFL uh, playoff game. But frankly, if you're looking for as close as you can get to that vibe, it's going to be in Detroit this weekend because we haven't had that. Michigan had a national championship more recently than I think the Lions have won a a playoff game. No, let me me stop. Let me stop y'all right there. All due respect. I was at the game the other night and Ford Field will be completely different. It'll be the energy in it will be a hundred times. Well, it's yeah, I mean not, you don't have a you don't have a split this crowd. Is the, this is the problem. This is the problem with uh, now the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's, it's this is the problem when you got a split fan base in a town that's not the, not the home of either team. You know, not only that, it's just different. The, 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 it's deeper with the lines. It just is, and for our readership, for our listenership, for our viewership. You know, we, we did better numbers. It's funny, I was talking to Doug Karsh, you know, um, who calls the games for, for Michigan for, uh, what's the station, Mike? Or Mark? Uh, the, the, TKA the or the ticket? Yeah, yeah, yeah t- chapter 13 yeah. on your radio dial. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was talking to him in, in the press box the other night before the game, and and he's a Michigan guy. They talk about Michigan, whatever. He said, but they, they can't talk enough lines. Oh, yeah. No, because everybody the here numbers, loves the lines. The numbers are... It's just it's, there's just no comparison, and the energy Saturday night or Sunday night, whenever that game is against the Rams, it's just this is crazy. Mitch and I were talking about this way to go to the locker room the other night. That Michigan has won the national championship, and it'll be a bigger game next week when the Rams come to town. Oh, that's, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I would I would say so. It's I, crazy to think about it that way, but it's true. I think the interesting thing though about going away like to a neutral site like that is you. It's, I ran into people that I haven't seen, people that live in Texas that I haven't seen in years. I went to elementary school with them, and they live down in Texas, and I just ran into them on the street. I mean, there was a lot of people we ran into that I haven't seen in a while because we're all converging in one place for one event. It's just, I don't know, it's a real, it's kind of a unique human experience. Yeah, no, that that is something where it becomes a gathering point, whereas yeah. the Lions, whether they're good or whether they're bad, you're going to see a lot of the same faces there because people that is their that is their alma mater that is where they go well, the super to bowl, connect with their community and, i've never and been, they can drive there i've never been to a super bowl so sean i don't know if, if you have and you can correct this but i feel like it's very uh, a lot of the tickets are even harder to get so it's even more corporate yeah it's, it's even more corporate than what you just experienced here in houston no for sure yeah because each there's, school there's really no each school in Houston, I think, got an allotment of twenty thousand tickets. That's forty thousand. The place seats like seventy five. So more than half are, you know, purchased through the universities. Yeah, no, it's it's there's no there's no equivalent to it. It's just in terms of that that part of it. And Mike experienced this because he was out in L.A. for the uh, Pasadena, or both yeah. for the Rose Bowl when the state plays Stanford. Yeah. Yeah, and I went to the Cotton Bowl, and I went to the CFP semifinal, and you do run into a lot of people, and there are people who make plans for that. But that's where college football is very different from pro football, I think. And I'm not enough of a pro football fan to say this with certainty, but 
I've, I've got friends who are already planning a trip to Oregon because Michigan State's yeah. going out to Oregon, yeah. you know, and we went to go see Washington because we wanted to go to Seattle and we wanted to get together and we wanted to sail gate and do all the People things. People do that with the Lions, that. though. I mean, Sean, you, you've experienced that, yeah. I wrote a column about that. I mean, you know, the Lions had 10,000 people at Tampa Stadium this year, right? So it's yeah. just, it's, uh, it's, it's probably yeah, 11 no, Florida. Yeah, but, but I, I think the one difference may be, and again, I, I, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm informed that I often am, particularly when it comes to matters of sports. But my, my Spartan friends are coming from all over the country to go to those go. things. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I imagine a lot of the people going to see the Lions on the road don't live too far from each other. You know, there's maybe somebody well, from. No, they, 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 that's a good point. The, but again, because Michigan's a little bit, it's not completely unique in the history of the country, but it is a little bit. You mentioned earlier about how many Michiganers are down here in Texas. Well, that's part of it. We, we've lost millions of people over the last 50 years, and they're spread out around the country. Obviously, they left for work. And so when I run into Lions fans, I kind of run into them from all over the country. But you're right. The bulk of the people are coming from southeastern Michigan or Grand Rapids or whatever that I've met at least this fall. All right. Well, Sean, when are you getting home? How, how are you feeling? Are you coming home on a plane or in a body bag? Oh, well, you I mean, probably prefer a body bag. No, 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 no. That's Those are those are harder to ship. But they, you, you seem to be getting sicker every time we yeah. talk to you. Are you going to get a break now, or are you... No, well, I, I hope, yeah, no, I, I know. I, I picked up the bug, and uh, a few people did. You know, there were some journalists that didn't make this trip because they got the, they got sick on that Dallas-LA swing with the Lions and the Rose mm. Bowl. And it's, just, it's just going around, and yeah, I thought I was turning the corner, and who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm going to come home tomorrow, I hope. Oh, we'll see. Well, we already found out what you ate while you were gone. Any any <laughs> anything happen in terms of your lodging or your, no, your rentals? No, I did not. I did not. I, all that food I'm describing, I did not eat. It was right out my right on my doorstep. And I've been looking forward to come here to eat. And I haven't left my room. I had to. I had a friend of mine that smoked wings and oxtail stew and all this stuff. And with old high school classmates, I haven't seen it forever. I couldn't go to that. Uh, our former editor, Peter Body, wanted to go have a beer. I couldn't do that. They weren't going to try to have lunch. I couldn't. So, no, I've been in my room, hold up, except for the game. Yeah, you couldn't, even, you couldn't even leave uh, to come see me. <laughs> That's right. I wanted to go see Mark and have a beer. I've been uh, eating club turkey sandwiches and oh. chicken noodle soup and drinking water after water after water. And, oh, uh, and well, I'm one of one of the great food towns in the country, and uh, but that's just how it goes. Hey, I'm not complaining. I did did kind of sound like you were complaining, but you're not complaining now you've, because you stopped talking. But uh, we look forward to seeing you back here in the studio. Hopefully, hale and hearty, and um, focusing on I presume the Lions from here on out, unless their unless their season ends on is it Saturday or Sunday? I think it's Sunday, right? I thought it was Sunday night. Yeah, yes. I mean, if, yeah. Have you guys talked about? It? I guess you haven't, but. <laughs> Can you believe Matthew Stafford's coming back? Their first home playoff game in 30 years. Yeah. 30 years. Let's hope he finally doesn't win a playoff game in Detroit. And it's Matt and it's Matthew Stafford. Oh, that's setting up for some pain, Mark. What do you mean? What do you mean? That the Rams win. Yeah, that will What's not that? that will not go over well back here if Stafford wins a playoff game in Detroit wearing a, a Rams uniform. I think that probably may May even end end the uh, 
that may end Jared Goff's career as a Lion, too, don't you think, if, if he loses his playoff game? Oh, no. All I, all I know is that if the Lions win, then guess where? I'm probably going right back to mm. Texas. To Texas, okay. Hey, what, by the way, speaking of Stafford, what was the whole thing about the jersey ban? Who was that? Who, um, who, have you, did you guys see that story? Is this where you can't wear your number nine jersey to the to Ford Field? I think somebody I think somebody put it out there. I don't know who exactly posted it, or um, I can't even find. Oh, it looks like it's a Detroit sports apparel line, but they're not even saying who it is in this story. But they just put a uh, jersey ban. Lion Stafford jerseys will not be permitted into Ford Field on Sunday, as if they have any say over it, right? Well, I'll tell you who does have some say over it is uh, my man Eric Olson at Thomas McGee's Sporting House and Whiskey Barn yeah. in Eastern Market. He just sent me something this morning, and I didn't know what the hell it was until you mentioned it because I just kind of eyeballed it. He's got four different number nine jerseys with uh, you know the the, the sure. forbidden sign on. It says PSA. Please refrain refrain from trying to enter Thomas McGee's on game day with Lions Stafford jerseys. You'll be turned away at the door. It's our first home game in 30 years. Use some common sense. Regards. Ownership. So, and, and I'll tell you, Eric, uh, this is a bar a lot of people who uh, have a penchant for boxing attend. If they ask you not to enter, you would be well advised not to enter unless you want to end up with a couple of shiners. Are they really going to not let you in if you have a Stafford jersey? That's ridiculous, isn't it? Just kind of a. If Eric says don't come in, you don't come in. I think he's dead serious about this. I don't know about the. I don't know about Ford Field. But I imagine Ford Field can ban not, you. That that no, ticket doesn't gonna, give you. You don't not, have rights to enter a stadium. They're not going to do no, that though for what you no, want for not, wearing a jersey. Not no, I took, I, I, I took it as a total joke. <laughs> Kelly Kelly Stafford didn't take it as a joke. I mean, she was kind of bummed out about it, saying because she said multiple times how much they missed this area and how different it is from Los Angeles, and and I don't think that's a surprise. <laughs> Yeah, no, the fans are totally yeah. different. But she's been well around sports her whole life. She's got to understand that. What that it's a that it was a joke? No, no, that we don't we don't we're not going to be cheering for Matt Stafford. You know, thanks for for well, your thing, service. Though. But here's the uh, thing though, we did cheer for Matt Stafford. There were a lot of people that yeah. were like, yeah, I want him to win. A, I want he him to win the Super Bowl. Bowl. But yeah. he's wearing the wrong no. shirt. Yeah, no, I want him to. I want him to lose. I want him to have a terrible game on on Sunday. Doesn't mean I feel any different about how he played when he was here. Or, or him uh, winning a Super Bowl in Los Angeles, so it's just sports. By, by the way, I do want, I do want to apologize to you guys because I was looking forward to because Houston and I'm not going to go into too much of this because I didn't get out. But you and know, I had, some, I, had some, I had some Houston stories here from when oh. I was young and driving down to Galveston and hopped up on beans and all sorts of other. Let's stuff. hear them. Well, um, no, 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 I, I can't. But I wanted to get out and and uh, sort of reconnect to some of that and try to because you know. I used to drive down here when I lived in Austin, and Houston was a was a crazy place back in those 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 days. You know. Yeah, well, with you delivering but, drugs and your relatives screwing in the car, of course it's going to be crazy. <laughs> you know, with asses hanging out of windows. I mean, I'm not surprised they banned you. <laughs> you messed no. with Texas. Oh God! Oh God! Yeah, no, I remember. I remember. A guy down the hall whose older go. brother was in law school at the University of Texas who put him through school. Just, just as a programming oh. note, Sean said he wasn't going to go into these stories. No, I now, want him to, though. Please continue with your I story. I really want him to. I love his stories. No, I just, no, you just, you have memories all over the place. No, I, no, I keep going. Stopping. I didn't mean to stop I you. I just, I just no, want no, to I alert can't. people I, to how this works. Sean says I he's not going to do something and then he does it. 
No, no, no. I just had to mute myself again just because of the cough, and it's it's. Sorry about that. It's uh, I've I've lost it. I'm not gonna keep. So tell tell us about oh, your man. You were just about to tell us about your college roommate who who climbed that tower at the University of Texas. <laughs> what was Charles? What was his name? Chucky? C Dub? No, 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 no. That I'm wasn't him. Mr. Uh, no, Whitman. A friend of mine, a, a friend of mine in Austin, his older brother was a put himself through law school selling coke or whatever in in uh, University of Texas <laughs> in the eighties. That was that was not. That was not that uncommon back in those days. They come to Houston to have these big parties. Forget about it. You don't want to. You don't want to know about I it. I, I do. was always, yeah, I was always just off in the corner. But I do remember going to the beach one time <laughs> with his and, friend uh, you know, Anthony you, Montana. And you dropped your bag in the no, sand. You're, you're, getting, you're getting high or whatever, and all of a sudden somebody says, "Oh, okay, let's do some shrooms or whatever." So you just keep piling on, piling on. And then there are these things they call beans. And they were a little wafers, like you pass out of the Catholic Church when you, you're taking the uh, sacrament or whatever. But they, they, they looked like these little thin white wafers, and they called them beans for whatever reason. And it was sort of hallucinogenic. <laughs> it was but, acid. Uh, but it was also kind of more of a, a, a low, uh, what, what do you call it, something that suppresses everything. Um, what, what, what do you call those? Well, like a depressive anyway. downer? A conversation yeah, with Sean? It was like a hallucinogenic downer, so it fits right in Quaalude? with my, you know, DNA. And uh, so I took that on all sorts of, but I just remember being completely paralyzed on the beach in the sun, and you can't, you can't move. And, <laughs> that sounds like uh, a wonderful day. That, That's what you wanted yeah, to redo no. this weekend? You wanted to redo that? Yeah, you're usually oh, no, so animated and full of energy. How, how long does that, how does, how long does that effect last? 40 years? What's going on with this shit? <laughs> Yeah, no, I wanted to take Mark down to the beach and we get some crawfish and do some beans. So I don't even know if beans are still around. No, I mean I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said no. I don't know when I would have had the time, but I wouldn't have said no. Well, you know, I mean, what what were you doing when you were down there? You weren't just drinking, were you? Did you bring your bring your special edibles? Well, did I, I? That's illegal to fly with them. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's just say I have a lot of friends that had a lot of stuff. It was mainly boo. It was mainly booze, though. A lot, of, a lot of time at the bar. Mainly booze. Yeah. What were you drinking? Like Fireball? Uh, no. Just mainly, you know, I, I had to space it out, Sean. So a lot of it was beer and a lot of Tito's because you know Tito's is huge down in Texas. And I'm watching my waistline, so Tito's and soda. Nobody That's cares. funny. I saw uh, all through the hotel all weekend. I saw these big fans walking in with. Dwell packs of Shiner Bach, and I was like, yeah. that, you know, you, that, you, have you ever had a Shiner Bach? You, you can get it outside of Texas now, but yeah, a lot of Lone Star I, beers, too. It was like Coors in Colorado back yeah. in the 70s. You could only get it in Colorado, you know, and, and it was a cool beer, even though it was, you know, probably maybe not the best beer. I just like that, Sean. I, I like that you've had two cocaine references today. Well, no, I don't know that I was doing the cocaine. No, I'm just but, saying uh, that you've referenced it twice in two different stories. You had to counteract the beans. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know. Hallucinogenics are not for people that uh, that uh, have kind of wild imaginations to begin with, right? Or maybe they are. I think I they know, exactly are. Yeah, what are you talking about? No, I, I never, I never enjoyed them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I could not imagine being around Sean. Sean tripping no, there's, there's somebody in my household who used to do a hallucinogenic uh, in the 70s called Orange Sunshine and go to concerts. 
Gee, I wonder who that could right. have been. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait a uh, single amount. <laughs> this may be she our most pharmacological it. episode ever. He's not feeling well. Yeah, he's. She likes hallucin- like hallucinogenics. And I had, I've had friends all my life that loved him. I just. That's not, you know, and, and now, you know, we get the former aging <laughs> hippies who are microdosing on mushrooms yeah. or whatever. So Big I, I, I yeah. want to try and reverse engineer this. Sean is trying not to point a finger at anybody, but he said somebody in my house. Uh, in, this, in the 70s and then in she. In the 70s and she. <laughs> I we can figure it out. I'm just trying. You're doing a great job of protecting your sources there, Sean. I, I hope that. Um, I hope that you never tell any of our stories. It's because, his great aunt that lives with him. Yeah, the anonymity there. Yeah, it's one of those people he had to pick up at the airport, that battle axe no, who insisted it's, it's on getting a ride and then bitched love. about the Belgian I, waffles being a little soggy. No, I just remember the first time uh, she told me that. I, I loved it. I loved it. She tried something called Orange Sunshine on her way to see Iggy Pop or whatever it was. Oh, cool. I, I don't know. She's way cooler than you. Yeah, and then she had to oh, settle she, for a ray of she, sunshine. She is. So much cooler. Yeah, her, her downer is Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, so what, what do you what that. do you take to come down? She's like oh, conversation with Sean. <laughs> she knows she has to go home. Sean's her control group. That's it. the The safe word is uh, the safe word is I really don't have anything else to say. The safe word is Can I say something? Yeah. Exactly. Can, can I ask? Can I ask? That was in Arbor. Uh, that was in Arbor too. Back in that era, I had a I had a brother. I have a brother in law who back in those days used to used to go down to Central America and bring stuff back, and then um, you know if you bought a certain amount, I'm talking about weed, not coke, but if you bought a certain amount, you got a free backpack if you. You bought a little bit more. You got a you got a triple beam or whatever you know to go to. No, not a triple beam. Whatever the weight, the little scale, the little triple scale thing. So he had like he had like a blue plate specials. You know? I think you What's need to the get statute a- limitations on this shit. I I don't want this. Somebody's you know our our podcast already came up in the uh, investigation into whether or not the MSU Board of Trustees leaked uh, Brenda Tracy's name. So we're showing up in all kinds of law enforcement uh, documents. Sean's putting us in the DEA's web uh, crosshairs now. I really think Sean has spent too much time in um, a hotel room in Houston and he needs to get out. I've been here. I've been here for five straight days and I've left once. No, twice. Once oh my God. Year, and once to the game. Oh, how miserable. Yeah, no, it's not been fun. Well, for those of you wondering why you listen to ML Solve Detroit, it's the therapeutic value. We had to browbeat Sean into coming on the show, and now we got to cut him off. He's feeling better. I mean, he's like Godzilla, just no. keeps hitting a power line and getting stronger. There's always gold in there somewhere with this man. Yes, it's uh, foolish. No, I'm not. I'm not really feeling better, but I just wanted. <laughs> I didn't want to let y'all down, you know. So. Well, have a safe drive slash flight. Yeah, Godspeed in your recovery, and uh, may I suggest that you not consume any of those other medications, the unprescribed ones that you have uh, listed no, for no, us in I, great detail. No, it's all all Mucinex and Tylenol and uh, antibiotics, so it's all good. Wow, it's just just always a little too much information from uh, from Sean coming to us live from Houston, Texas, uh, where what he brought the NRG to the stadium. We're just being real about what we do when we get these kind of illnesses. So you you can handle that. And then I'm gonna on the way to uh, Austin if I have uh, enough energy, I'm gonna stop and get some barbecue. I haven't anything real to eat, so there you go. Maybe that'll help. A little protein. <laughs> um, it can't hurt, right? It can't hurt. 
So, Sean, thanks for joining us. Uh, Sean is brought to you uh, with, uh, with regret by uh, Dr. Yaldo because uh, you may have trouble speaking. You may have trouble being heard. It's hard to see on those hallucinogenics Sean takes. Yeah, you're seeing double. Um, well, don't don't blame Dr. Yaldo because he's the one who's going to give you not only 2020 vision, but if you're like me and had LASIK, you can have 2015 vision. You know, it's been 15 years since I had LASIK, and I still have 2015 vision. If if you don't understand these numbers, 2020 is considered perfect vision. 2015 is better than perfect vision because it gives you sharper distance vision. Um, I have uh, had this procedure, I think 2006. So now we're going on 18 years and my eyesight hasn't slipped at all. I can see, I can see like a hawk from a distance and uh, it's custom LASIK. It's the best that there is. Now, the thing that I'm running into now that I'm in my fifties is near vision starts to go. Once you hit 40, you find that you need more light to read clearly. And so even those of us who had LASIK done way back oh, when, yeah need to keep some readers hanging around. And I have a, I have a pair of uh, discount glasses in, in every room of my house, and it gets frustrating to always carry glasses around. Well, this happens to everybody because your eyes get older and you have trouble with that. You begin to rely on the reading glasses, and that can be a source of frustration. But the good news is that Dr. Yaldo has the perfect answer for you, which is bifocal implants. These are lenses that are a revelation because they give you precise vision up close and far away that won't change for the rest of your life. You'll see the small stuff on your phone again and those menus where you're using the flashlight on your phone, that's all over. You ever go to a restaurant and you're using your flashlight to look Ooh. at the menu and you realize that everybody around you is saying, what's that old guy doing over yeah. there? Because young people have no idea what you're doing. But for the rest of your life, if you have this done, you don't need help reading the menu. You don't need help reading a book. You don't need those readers. You don't need those cheaters. No new prescriptions, no glasses, no contacts, no reading glasses. You can take them all and you can throw them in the trash and never look back. But if you do look back, it will be with perfect vision. So this is life-changing. Hmm. This is this is less stuff for you to carry around. I, I sometimes feel like Batman with all the stuff on my belt I got to carry. I'm, I'm anxious to get rid of some of it. <laughs> so you can get a free consultation to let Dr. Yaldo explain how, demonstrate this, and in 2024 and for the rest of your life, you will see more clearly than ever before. So contact Dr. Yaldo at 800-308-EYES. That's 800-308-EYES or at YaldoEyeCenter.com. And we will have a link to Dr. Yaldo's website on our website. And if you need to get to Dr. Yaldo's, maybe you need a new rig. That's right, yeah. I'm thinking maybe Zot can help you out. And Zot is beyond excited to announce that after a long hiatus, they are back with us. Yay. Zot, Ford, and Holly are back sponsoring the podcast and ready to make automatic automotive magic for all of our listeners. That's because Steve Gabar and the gang at Zotford take pride in making buying and leasing simple, fun, fast, easy, and best of all, affordable. And speaking of affordable, go lease a new 23 Ford Escape or 24 Ford Edge under 200 bucks a month. Holy crap. That's a pretty good deal. How about leasing a new 23 Ford Bronco Sport, which is Teresa's favorite car, Explorer or F-150 Super Cab around $300 a month, plus that Ford has 0% financing and rebates that can put up to 
$8,000 in your pocket. That's five figures, folks. $10,000. To top it all off, Gabara bought like 100 boxes of Girl Scout cookies from Fellhauer's daughter, Charlotte. Yeah. And maybe you can catch Mark making a personal delivery when you visit Zot Ford and get a free box of cookies with your new wheels. See details and their delicious inventory at dealsinthed.com, and you'll also find a link to Zot's website on our website, which is mlsoulofdetroit.com. And we also have to let you know about how you can plan for your future. This is confusing. Markets up and down. It ended last year on a high, immediately falls off the table, starting to crawl back up. People like me lose our minds over it. Don't do that. Let Luke Nowacki and his team at Pinnacle Wealth Strategies let them sweat it out because they're the ones who have a plan. They've got the cool heads. They can help you prepare for a more secure financial future. Yeah, and you can get a free consultation by simply calling Luke Nowacki or Zach. Zach at Pinnacle Wealth can help you as well. The number's 248-663-4748. It's Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. You know, figure out where to put your money. Give Luke a call. He'll help you out. Because when you call Luke and Zach, they'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Omaic Wealth. Sync member FINRASIPC Omaic Wealth. Sync is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent Omaic Wealth. Sync. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? Boy, I had this whole set piece for. I'm sure you did. For the show, where I was going to start off with a little misdirection. <laughs> we got to talk about how, you know, this is a great day for Michigan football because. But Joe, never it forget was, it was the wild card. It was, was going to end up with, with Mark D'Antonio, and somehow Sean just is his. Uh, wild card that is Sean Windsor. His deathbed dial up um, just derailed this show again. This guy, even when he is off his game is he's a usurper he is but i gotta tell you i find him very entertaining (laughs) you never know what you're gonna get out of the guy i'll tell you what it sounds like geek of the week it sounds like he had some tiger blood back in the in the 80s but no this is uh, you know all all due respect we we do have to give them their due you don't feel that i don't think you really feel that way and that's okay you can keep hating Maybe that's good. Yeah, I am not. Hating. I am not happy. No, I, am, I know you're not. So just, I, 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 it's okay. That's, I'm, I'm very not happy. But, but, but we do have to acknowledge it. So this sports. week's geek of the week is Paul Feinbaum. Ah, because after the uh, Michigan victory, and even before the national championship game, Paul Feinbaum was changing his tune. This is a very bombastic commentator, uh, basically the uh, the voice of the SEC. But he. Um, he appeared on Tuesday morning on ESPN's Get Up, and he said that uh, he said that he was wrong. He's been wrong all along about Jim Harbaugh, and added that the Michigan coach has silenced all those who doubted him in the early days. Now, ironically, he didn't silence Paul Feinbaum. Not that anybody could. But Feinbaum says, and you can read this in the free press, I was cheering for him last night, and I can't explain it. Uh, this shocked his fellow panelists. I'm sure it's some weird thing back when I was a baby, but I don't know if I've ever seen oh, I'll ever been it. more uh, wrong. You know, you know the reason why, right? No, because it's good for Paul Feinbaum if Michigan wins, because then people want to know what does he have to say. Although they might want to know what he would have to say if Washington wins, but he's been battling with Harbaugh. It's good for his brand. It's good for his his shtick. So 
so he's taken the Michigan championship and made it all about him and his beef with Jim Harbaugh? Well, I, I think in general, a lot of, look, when it comes to national media regarding um, like a college football team or even a local pros team, the, the people that are tied in that really watch the team know a lot more about it than the national people that are just spewing things to create content and create conflict. Well, he's, I think I think like Pat McAfee has been. I wouldn't say anti-Michigan, but he's you know kind of been on the other side. Said they shouldn't even be allowed in the playoffs. This and that and that. And then it hit me one day. It's like, oh, he pays Nick Saban to be on his show. Of course, he's going to pick Alabama to win. Of course, he's going to be on that side. That and that's fine. That's okay. Rich Eisen went to Michigan. Of course, he's going to be on the Michigan side. I just, I, you know, you got to look at people's people's motives as to why they think what they think. So, because nuance is never allowed in sports arguments at all. But McAfee pays Saban to be. Oh on yeah, the show? just like he pays Aaron Rodgers, who, yeah, but, by the way, Rodgers gets like a million dollars a year, doesn't he? By the way, Aaron Rodgers will not be on the Pat McAfee show for the rest of the season. And then Pat said that was his choice. I don't know if that was ESPN telling him to make that his his choice or what. But yeah, for the he, rest of the NFL season, he announced it today. Yeah, because he has him on every week. That's like a month. That's not still, much of a suspension. Still, I mean, I, I, would he have made this decision if there wasn't this controversy? I'm putting in that in air quotes. Um, with Jimmy Kimmel? Well, let no. me use your logic. Maybe he would have, because this is going to draw more attention, more publicity for McAfee and for Rogers, because they've done something that I puts think, another log on the fire. But I think having him there would have raised the attention more. I mean, more people would want to know, oh, what did Aaron Rodgers say, as opposed to him saying that he's done as a guest for the rest of the season. Is that a suspension with pay or without? That's uh, a great question. Does that matter? If you suspend me for a month with pay, I'm I'm on my bike going someplace. If it's without pay, I'm hurting. So yeah, you're it makes Aaron, a big difference. You're not Aaron Rodgers, though. I don't know if you remember last week when I, I was I talking ima- about I, my prowess as a quarterback and the <laughs> touch football. I, I would imagine he was the Aaron Rodgers of North Side Chicago. My my best guess is yeah, he's probably still getting paid. I would probably the so contract. Too. I That's would just, think so too. Yeah. Because Aaron Rodgers can say, screw you, I'm not coming back. Well, he didn't do anything to violate the contract anyway. If yeah. McAfee is saying, it's my choice to, I made the call. I'm not going to have him on. When, it's kind I, of interesting. I don't want to get into the whole Jimmy Sorry. Kimmel, uh, Aaron Rodgers totally, debate. I've totally pulled the Sean and derailed. If, if you listen to uh, Drew and Mike, they talked about that a lot. And it is an interesting conversation. But I, I, I will say that uh, while Aaron Rodgers tends to be a little bit of a knucklehead in my book, Jimmy Kimmel is really, uh, really overplaying his hand here and, and putting words into Aaron Rodgers' mouth that I didn't hear come out of it. And... You know, listen, I don't ever want my name to be used in the same sentence with Jeffrey Epstein. I don't even want no. to be used in the same name with no, Juan Epstein from Welcome Back, Cotter. But, uh, but I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. The other thing about Kimmel and... and you're, well, you're doing the exact thing that, may, that the people that really hate you and don't like you and then probably might even attack you for being associated uh, with Epstein, you're giving them the fuel by being this Hollywood liberal elitist. Well, and, and that's that's the other thing is... You make your living uh, making jokes about people and tearing people down and some of his stuff like the only A's that Aaron Rodgers ever got in his report card were in the name Aaron. He has no idea what his grades were like. He has no idea what classes he took. He has no idea whether he actually has some intellectual capacity beyond whatever he's seen and heard in the media. These just seem like gratuitous cheap shots. It would be well, like making a, fun of Chris Farley now. for being fat. That's just not funny. It's just too easy. 
Oh, a football player's stupid. Ha ha ha. I mean, it's just not the best of Jimmy Kimmel either. So it's like, let's let's move on from this, right? Yeah, I I thoroughly agree. But I here just, we are talking both, about both sides it. Are kind of drive me nuts with this whole situation. Yeah, but but here we are in Geek of the Week about Paul Feinbaum, <laughs> and we're talking about fault. Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel. No, we're playing right into their hands, and, and I think that comes back to what I'm you were saying. Is Feinbaum wants us to keep him in the conversation, but but let's just be, before we move <laughs> yes. on from Feinbaum because I think this guy this guy is about to get a kick in the teeth that he has coming. This is what he said about Jim Harbaugh. He can never. I don't. I don't think the guy would ever beat Ohio State. Uh, if I live to be 150 years old, I'm getting close. He'll never beat Ohio State. He said he'd never win a national championship, all this other stuff. And you know what? He was wrong. And a lot of people probably would have agreed with that at the time. I Hey, I'll tell you right now, alumni, fan, I never thought I'd see him win another national championship. I really just, I never did. I never thought, I knew they'd always, felt they'd always be good, but enough to win a national championship? No. And it mainly goes with how well other schools recruit. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, you know, Sean talks about the SEC is down. There's no, there's no other big boy to knock off. Maybe that's true, but you gotta, you, you only play the teams that are there. You and got if it. you beat everybody else, you are crowned the king. And you could also argue from the flip side that the SEC wasn't that good until Nick Saban got there. So once Nick Saban's gone, and maybe some of the branches think, from his coaching tree fall off. Maybe the Big Ten will be the dominant uh, school. Maybe, maybe the Pac-10 infusion into the Big Ten is going to make uh, make uh, air, you know, Air Force football the the. I mean, I really thought well, Michael you know Penix. You know what else helps that, right? What's that? Money. Nil paying paying people, um, and therefore the portal, and it kind of adds a little parity. I mean, look at how players have spread out because of the portal. Yeah. So all these five stars then are going to get playing time somewhere else, or they leave. They go somewhere where they can play. Or where they can get paid, like the Texas quarterback. He went to sure. Ohio State for a year because yeah. he couldn't get paid in Texas. Once school, he could get yeah. paid in Texas, he transfers to Texas, and I'm sure he's making as much or more money. And he's a damn good Quinn Ewers, damn good player. Ever before, and he's staying in Texas, so he's probably making any more money. So anyways, Paul Feinbaum, you know, not because of your mea culpa, which it just uh, been informed was really just part of your whole shtick, but because of all the things you said about Sorry. Jim Harbaugh, because you were so definitive, because you were so dismissive, and it turns out to my great sorrow, you were wrong. You are a winner too. Do you want to take back anything you said about Harbaugh? No, I think he's a hypocrite. I think he's a liar, and I think he's a cheat. But he's also the coach of the best football team in the land in twenty twenty four. You can't take that away from him. I think he's great. I didn't say that, so I'm not taking that back. Total weirdo, but I love him. Because you know why? The last three years. Okay, sorry. Where are we? What's going on? You know who I, else? I have, I have jet lag, by the way. You know who else is our geek of the week? Jeff Rieger for all those years. Of, ah, Jim Harbaugh's a fraud. Jim Harbaugh. Get rid of Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh's a fraud. Here's one thing that Feinbaum said that I think is true. He dubbed Harbaugh the Donald Trump of college football. Oh, without a doubt. Because he says his outside his outsized role dictates the news cycle. And I think that's probably true. But anyways, I digress. Uh, I'm, I'm going uh, Sean-esque now, and I actually have had quite a bit of sleep and haven't had to travel anywhere <laughs> because for the last couple of New Year's, I've been able to spend it at home with my family because there's no football game for me to go to. Not that I don't love my family, but Paul Feinbaum, I guess this is where I was going with this. You are my geek of the week. 
ML Soul of Detroit tribute to your 2024 college football national championship Michigan Wolverines continues here in room 7609 where to celebrate this monumental victory we have selected Ice House to perform in honor of the Wolverines you sound thrilled about football it. team Electric Blue because they didn't go blue as in blow it they were electric and they won this football game and so here's to you electric blue
The, the bad news keeps coming. First of all, Michigan's a national championship. Then I got to play Ice House in room 7609. I guess it, I, it was pretty cool, though, when they played this in the stadium after they won. Did they? God, no. Okay. Whew, I was going to say. I, when they play that? They did, uh, play, they did play Mr. Brightside, though. Oh, God. You know, it, the killers are hit and miss with me, and Mr. Brightside is one of those songs oh, I have that I can't stand. Everybody loves that song, even aside from the Michigan aspect of it. I mean, it was number one in England for the last, or, or it's been on the uh, Billboard chart over there for like 25 years now. Well, I'm not even thinking of the, the Michigan Association. I just I just can't oh, stand that song. it's a great song. song. Really? Oh, uh, yeah, The no. story in it? The mu- oh, okay. You're no, so, you're, I don't you're like wrong, I like uh, I like the man. That's a great tune by uh, by the Killers. And you know where the Killers got their name from? Jerry Lee? I don't know where. No. So if you see the video for Crystal by New Order, oh really? The fake band that performs that instead of New Order in the video, the the name on the drum head is the Killers. Oh no shit! I so did they not took know their that. name from a New Order video. Huh? Yeah, because they're big fans, and I think that the front man for um for the killers is i don't know if he's performed with with uh new order but i I know he's performed with johnny marr he's a big smiths fan so uh so he's not he's not all bad you know one thing they did do at the national championship game which you know it's please i can't hear enough about the national i'm not talking about the actual game i'm (laughs) talking about the experience outside it but i'm getting i'm getting a tooth extracted tomorrow but this is worse you know they they have to fill time because i think they had to get in about 370 tv breaks which were about two minutes and 30 seconds each so they got to kill that time in the stadium if you've ever been to a live sporting event particularly college football to think that they could draw it out even more is is a horrific notion now when you're there does it i don't find it as bad when you're there because sometimes you want that time to go to the bathroom and they tell you you know there's a clock now and you know the guy with the it, it, the it, red shirt on the home, home side 20 yards you know it is better when you you know you're you know, counting down yeah. from two and a half minutes until the guy in the red cap leaves the field if, if there's a clock that's that's counting down two and a half minutes it seems faster than if there's not a clock counting down two and a half minutes it just it just that's does because right. you know when the, when it's going to end but anyway they have to fill that time which most of the time it's filled with We'd like to thank our corporate sponsors, Great Clips and Gatorade, and they show on the, it's like, okay. Um, Then it was filled with them um, thanking the teachers, which is fine. They did that about 50 times. Uh, But then one time they decided to fill it with a sing-along for the whole stadium. It's it's just really corny. What was the song? Don't tell me Sweet Caroline, another thing that makes me cringe. No, they they had people uh, vote, as if they really voted. They had people vote. And of course, it was "Don't Stop Believing." <laughs> okay. I turned around a lady behind me. I go, "This is kind of stupid, isn't it?" She goes, "This is dumb." <laughs> and this is like an older woman who's, you know, everybody who wants to sing one. "Don't Stop Believing" should be forced, regardless of size, to wear Steve Perry's jeans uh, as torture. Oh, yeah, the real tight one. People are having fun, so that's you know whatever. Yeah. I like it when people have fun. Doesn't mean I don't. I mean, I have to like it or sing along. I can be that old curmudgeon. Okay. Who's worried about a seven point lead? Uh, anyway, well, I would have been worried. I was, I, you know what? I wasn't worried. I was not worried at all because I didn't think Washington was that good to begin with. But I, 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 I was not scared of this offense we had never seen before. I, I mean, I think Penix had less time in the pocket than he's used to, but his throws were off. His receivers, who don't drop anything, were dropping balls. There's a lot of jersey grabbing by those Michigan defensive backs. By the way, not all of which was called. But uh, but Michigan well, Penix had a bad day because Michigan, they hit him. Yeah, and they Michigan hit him took a lot. it to him. Yeah, That's, just just like they did with Milrow. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, no. That was that hey, uh Michigan Michigan dominated. It's anyway, let's back get back to, to New Wave Blue. music. Yes, shoot. You know who wrote that song? I just found this out by reading about it right Prince. now as the song was going on. No, oh. John Oates from All and Oates. Really? He was one of the two songwriters along with the lead singer of Ice House. I don't know why it wasn't Davy and Oates, but yeah, John Oates wrote that song. So. God, he must have been slumming writing songs for Ice House. I mean, I wow. can think of a lot of Australian New Wave bands, Divinals. Oh, I love Chrissy Amphlett, uh, the late Chrissy Amphlett. Uh, Pseudo Echo, Men at Work, In Excess, Midnight Oil, Crowded House, oh, The man. Church, all him, of which are way better than Ice House. And and, and Daryl is, or was it Daryl or John? Uh, John Oates, Daryl Hall, John Oates. Wh- which is which, by the way? Seriously? Um, well, Daryl Hall is the one with talent. John Oates is the guy with the mustache. I always think that Daryl should what be the guy with shot. the mustache. And it turns out that John is the guy with the mustache. Now, the reason he co-wrote the song, Electric Blue, which, you know, was top 10 hit here. No, because uh, Iva Davies from Ice House had contacted him because he was a fan of John Oates. So John Oates went, let's work together and wrote the song. And John is the mustache guy. John is the mustache guy. He's also doing uh, backgrounds in that song. I think he played on the song and produced it, too. So come on, that, that takes some talent. Yeah, but okay. So Daryl Hall could do better than Ice House. Daryl Hall is incredibly. Have you ever watched live from Daryl's house? If no. you like, if you like music, watch that show because that guy. It actually is, sounds like a SEC football podcast. <laughs> it's, but, really, it's really he's really good. So when you think of Hall and Oates, you think that, or at least I do, I think that ninety percent of it. And I don't know, I have no idea, but ninety percent's Hall. It's kind of like Wham. You think Andrew Ridgely's probably ten percent, but that's not true, right? It was it was in the beginning, and then and then um, George Michael came out of his. (laughs) That's a fair point, dude. Attrition. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't until George Michael came out of his shell and they changed their style, and he wrote everything, and he became Wham, and then went on on his own. Damn. Well, uh, gone too soon. But uh, but that's room seven six zero nine. As you know, we are now taking suggestions for any deep cut. Or maybe a band that you love that other people don't know. Send us your suggestions to mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. But tell us a story, too. Tell us about the band. Tell us about the track. Or tell us what it is about that tune that makes it so special to you. Because we love the music, but the story is the thing. We're going to thank our donors now. Now, we don't have any donors to our online, uh, to our website, mlsoulofdetroit.com. where you can still hit the donate button for PayPal or Venmo. But we encourage you to become a regular supporter of the show by supporting us via Patreon. We will have a link to our Patreon page on our website. But first of all, we have to thank John, our very first Patreon subscriber, quickly followed by Nancy, Bryant, of course, Jimmy, Mike, and Michael, who all have taken the plunge to support us in the various levels that you can support us at are, are, you know, they're, they're reasonable. It's whatever you can afford. For $5 a month, you get this podcast without any of the inserted ads that are put in there by our, our hosting service. Mm-hmm. You also will get the video version of this show. That's just $5 a month. If you go to $15 a month, and the $5 a month level, we call that please, please let us get what we want. For $15 a month, our Big Mouth Strikes Again level, You'll get a bonus episode once a month, as well as everything at the previous tiers. Ad-free content, the video, and the bonus episode. 
Work is a four-letter word. For $25 a month, you can be a work is a four-letter word sponsor of the show, which gets you an autographed copy of the Kwame Sutra, Musings on Lust, Life, and Leadership, from Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick, and every other service we offer. And the Handsome Devils. This is this is our top level. $60 a month, you'll get a members-only T-shirt. Not a members-only jacket, <laughs> because those have never been cool. What? Never. Oh, I think John Oates rocked one pretty hard. That's why we're all big Daryl Hall fans mm. here at the Soul of Detroit. But this is descri- this is designed exclusively for Patreon subscribers. So even though we have our merch store open every once in a while, and thank you to everybody who bought our gear, this will be something that's exclusive to Patreon members. And there's another level where you can pretty much name your price. If you want to sit in on a show, make us an offer. Send us a donation above $60 a month, and we will see what we can do to get you here in the studio. Jimmy, one of our first Patreon subscribers, says, I'm in. All right. Thanks, ML, Mark, and Sean. Great show, along with the flagship podcast, which is, of course, the Drew and Mike show. Red Shovel Network is the best. And thanks, Jimmy, because now you are a part of the Red Shovel Network as one of our sponsors. So thank you to everybody. We encourage you to sign up for Patreon. It does help fill in the gaps when we don't have sponsors. And it gives us basically steady income, which keeps us coming back and will help cover Sean's medical bills, which are now starting to approach his dining bills. Mm. This guy's expense report just for the meals alone are probably going to bankrupt the free press if, you know, if something else doesn't. So um, so thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Just a little bit of feedback this week, and it comes from David. Mm-hmm. That sounds bad. Lions and U of M. Just not your year, ML. Everyone else's, <laughs> just not yours. It's the greatest feedback ever. Loving football right now. Thank you, David, for reaching out to us at ML Soul Detroit. I, I have a friend that's very similar to you in that um, handsome devil. I think we're getting yeah. I think we're getting to the point where it's uh, not one of our sponsorship levels, but we could make it one. Because you know we're on a group me chat, you know app or whatever, and uh, we really feel he's on the dark web. He's trolling us now. Oh, with how much uh, the Lions suck because he's a Lions fan, but you know they haven't beaten anybody, and let me know when they actually win. So. And so now we all just want the Lions to win to spite him, which is another good reason to root for a team um, in sports, which is spite, which is why you can root for Washington to beat Michigan, because despite uh, Wolverine fans. Well, I actually like Michigan, uh, well, uh, Washington. I, I like DeBoer. I like Penix. I like the style of football they Get play. Room. They're really fun Yeah, we to have watch. the picture of you in Washington, how much you like them. That I didn't like so much. But that was more, we had some injuries and I think some poor decisions by our oh. coaching staff, which turned out to be a bit of foreshadowing because that same coach <laughs> made some very, very poor decisions. Fair point. Mainly involving long-distance phone calls that he said were made from Florida, but turns out we're not. But anyway, um, no, just let me set the record straight on the Lions. I, I'm... I'm happy to see them do well. I'm just not on the bandwagon. I've, I've got too much What is it going to take to get much you on baggage. the bandwagon? Like I said earlier this year, after their third Super Bowl, I will buy in. Oh, my but, Lord. Uh, but but this, is, this is where the Lions have graduated to a truly successful program. Your friend is Exhibit A on that. My Buckeye friends, oh, you know, we're so good, we're so good, but I'm worried we're going to lose this game. I'm worried. You, uh, Michigan's so good, I'm worried we're going to lose this game. America's team. Now Lions, uh, we're so good, but I'm worried. When your team is so good that your anxiety turns from, 
if we lose, I'm going to be disappointed instead of, oh my God, I hope we just win a frigging game. You have arrived and your friend to me is a sign that the Lions have now cross the Rubicon into being okay, a quality I'm, I'm not, organization. I'm, I will not be happy if they lose in the Rams. This is a game they should win. Period. No, no, I'm not saying you'll be happy, but I mean the whole notion of you, you kind of lower your expectations because oh, you're afraid they'll disappoint you instead of, oh my God, if they win a game, I'll be overjoyed because I don't expect them to win a game. Now oh, it's, I don't think it's that. I think it's more people hedge their emotions about things like, oh, okay, it's okay if we lose this game because of blank. Right, but now you're hedging your emotions that it's okay that we lose instead of, oh, I don't want to think we can win this game because we probably can't win this game. I think that's a very different mindset. Okay. Did that make sense? A little bit. I mean... But I, I don't know. I just think uh, sport, a lot of sports is expected. There's, this is probably the most confident I'd been in a Michigan team all year, but last year was like, eh, I could see us losing, especially at Ohio State. You know what I mean? So... Yeah. yeah, no, I thought they were going to get creamed at Ohio State last year, and, it, and the exact But I didn't think happened. we would be, lose to TCU the way that we did. Uh, I didn't either, but Self, I would... Self-inflicted. But I, yeah. I, I would say that last year, Corum and Edwards were a much more dynamic backfield, um, and that, uh, you know, Sandra still, to me... He emerged Such in that Ohio guy. State game. That's where he became. This year or last year? Last year. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's where he, I think his his play in the end zone turned that game around, and he became 100%. a legitimate superstar and, and the money guy for the Wolverines, both in terms of talent and just leadership. I mean, he's, he's a guy that I think, uh, again, I say this with a heavy heart, that when you see him out there, like, this guy's a, this is a difference maker. This guy's a game changer. He had a lot of those. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a lot of heart there and, uh, not my heart, still a dick, but, um, that's, uh, he's got a championship ring now. Though. So does Denard. He, he also, I think has a victory over Michigan when he was coaching hey, for right. Indiana, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Wasn't he on the staff with the Penix, uh, Indiana so, game? Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I think, uh, and I, I, I gotta tell you, I didn't watch the whole game, but I, 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 I couldn't help wondering, was part of Harbaugh's diabolical plan to underutilize Donovan Edwards until the game when it really mattered and then just turn him loose, or did he just happen to, you know? Uh, You mean from the national championship game? Yeah, I mean, because all season, everybody's like, where's Donovan Edwards? What happened to Donovan Edwards? And then he blows up. He's he's been there. He's been there. He has not had the greatest year, but I really wonder, and I, I want someone to ask this question or maybe that maybe it has been asked and I just haven't consumed the information. The first touchdown run, I think he was in that game because the play before Blake Corum's helmet came off. When your helmet comes off, you have oh, to sit out okay. a play. So he was in, I think I, let me go. I don't, I'm going to have to go back and watch him. My, my memory's a little blur. I don't know if you know this, but I'm jet lagged. Yeah. Sleep um, deprived. Yeah. I really think it's 11 in the morning instead of 12 now. But, um, I think, I think it was the play before cause Blake's helmet came off on that first drive. And either either Mullings came in, or I thought I thought it was the play Donovan Edwards came in and then ran the touchdown. So I missed that. Which, be- by the way, he did not run to the right spot. He just Washington made it a terrible defensive play, and he went, "Oh, look at all that space over there. I'm going to go that way." I mean, he ran to the wrong hole. You can tell. Or that. maybe Washington stole the signs, and so they went to the spot where yeah, they thought he was going to be. Every team has everybody else's. And signs. he went to where he wasn't. Yeah, they probably got him from Purdue and Ohio Michigan State. Ryan the, Day's brother. Michigan and, got the signs in the wrong fashion. That's why they're in trouble. Mm, damn. But it's not that big of an advantage, I think, as they proved. 
again, I'll say the shame of this is that this team was good enough to win without all that bullshit. And it puts a little bit of a stain on it. But hey, <laughs> no, it would you rather have the championship with an asterisk or nothing? Uh, give me oh, the natty <laughs> with yeah. the uh, asterisk on it. That's you. I'd, I'd if, rather if that's, debate. If that's, if that's what people think is cheating, then yeah, that's yeah. fine. I'd, I'd rather debate whether we truly are the best team in the country than, well, we could have been the best team in the country, but we weren't number one, but we deserve to be. That's a, that's a whole. Did Connor Stallions gets a ring? Knowing Jim Harbaugh, he was on the staff. I bet he does. Oh, I don't. I, don't, I, I, I don't wouldn't think, say that I, I know Jim this. Harbaugh, but I I do think that uh, I do think I don't that I don't, I don't he'll know be if, showing appreciation. Oh, I don't know behind the scenes somehow. I don't, I don't know if I'm so certain of that. Mainly because does Partridge get there, a ring? There's still an investigation. I I bet you he does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, why not? Omerta, right? He uh, he uh, he kept his peace when they when they gave him the third degree. <sighs> okay, enough Michigan. I can't wait till next week when we can talk about something other than Michigan. Oh, oh, oh no, we'll be talking about where's Jim Harbaugh coaching? Where's Jim Harbaugh coaching? Does that drive you crazy as a Michigan fan, by the way, that you can't even have an afterglow because the, sh- the, the focus sounds- immediately shifts to... It sounds like it drives Harbaugh nuts because he was asked, I want to I think Wetzel or Papaborn, one of them asked him in the presser, and he's like, can a guy just can a guy just enjoy this? Can a guy have this week? And listening back to Dan's uh, podcast, the College Football Inquirer, Dan rightfully so said, rightfully so said, no, no, because you're having a press conference now, and we know you have an agent who's been contacting people. So if you're doing this, yeah, no, you can answer these questions. That's part of the gig. That's part of getting paid a lot of money. So I I like the way Harbaugh has handled all this stuff, and it's one of the few things that I like. The a way lot he better handles, than he has in the past. Handled it, where he just basically said, we're going to talk about this, but but to Dan's point, dude, every season. You go through this, so of yeah. course we have to ask you this. You know, I mean, come on. I'm going to say and this now. Too. There's openings throughout. The other thing that's important is every other head football coach, except for maybe Kalen DeBoer and uh, and Jim Harbaugh, has been recruiting up to this moment. And the minute yeah. this game is over, he's got to start making phone calls. I'm sure he called or sent texts to some kids so, after the game. So much of that happens now in December because of the early signing. Sure. You know, it's that's December must be the worst month for for college coaches. But a lot of guys are out of the portal, and so he's going to have to fill some holes. And I think the the top guys are not still available, so he's got some work to do. The only annoying thing about Harbaugh to the NFL talk is that nobody nobody knows until they know, that's, right? That's so people will speculate, people will say things. Pretty you know, safe call. Like the LSU guy uh, who said that Brian Kelly's going to get that job if Harbaugh goes to the NFL. Like. Based on what? I mean, based on the fact that he might want that job? Or I, I don't know what that. It's just, once again, it seems like it's just content being created. I, um, I don't, I don't I, see I Brian Kelly ever going to the NFL, but. Uh, no, no, no. Going to, coming to Michigan. Oh, yeah. oh, really? Really? Well, that was Not a, Sharon Moore? Well, I, I think mean, it begins how, with Sharon Moore. Yeah, yeah, how do you pass him up? Or uh, Minter? I mean. Well, I think Minter, I think Minter's going to end going up being. NFL. I think he's going to be the defensive coordinator for. The Baltimore Ravens next year, because I think McDonald's going to get a job. Oh, okay. Get a coaching gig. And why wouldn't he? I mean, he's, I think he started at the Ravens and, and John Harbaugh, and so why not go back there if that's the gig that's offered to him? I don't know. Do you know what? doesn't matter. You know why? 15-0. and 0. So any of those guys can go pro. Do what's best for you. Harbaugh can leave. doesn't matter. I can't wait until next week. I cannot wait. Oh, don't worry. There's already the... 
two early top 25 out, so you can look at that. Well, that was going to be or Michigan's my... ranked sixth. But I, you don't know who's coming or going. Yeah, that was going to be my other geek of the week. They've got Ohio State favored over Michigan by three and a half points and some stuff. like. Because they have more talent. But but they you don't know recruits. who's you don't know who's going to be on either squad. You don't know if JJ's coming back. You don't know. Well, they got good transfers. They got a Ohio State. Got a trend. Like, uh, Kansas, the quarterback there, and they got uh, the running back from uh, Mississippi State. They'll be fine. Ole Miss. They'll be fine. God, how how much of a they bummer? Have a lot of talent. Period. How much of a bummer is it to be number nine in the country, Old Miss, and your players are leaving for the transfer portal? I mean, number nine or, with or one Ohio of the best State. coaches. I mean, Ohio in, State had a bunch of tra- transfer. Yeah, but they all went down. What do you mean? I mean, their starting quarterback went to Syracuse. He didn't go to a better program. Oh, sure. I don't think anybody from Ohio State left Ohio State for a better gig. But if, if you're at Old Miss yeah, they want playing time, and yeah. you're the number nine team in the country and your players are leaving for a better program, in point. fact, leaving for a program that finished worse than you did, yeah. that's where the transfer portal is like, holy crap. Yeah, but that's what and you're a starter and you're playing for the coach who recruited you. I mean, it's got to be you're chasing the money. No, that's that's too simplistic to say that, don't you think? No, or no. If I thought it was simplistic, I, I wouldn't say. I think that really. I think that's a big. I think that's a big part of it. But there's a lot that goes into play, man. I don't know if 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 I, uh, I just always find it amazing when people are like, "Oh, this poor school's losing these players." Well, I'm like, well, maybe the player's doing what's best for him. That's a whole nother show, and I hope we uh, get into that soon. But um, but I think I think that's it for this week. Welcome home. I yeah, hope you're sorry recovering. I wasn't at my top. I wasn't top notch today. I thought you were. It's the so sad part. I'm so exhausted. No. Yeah, no. This team. It doesn't is help playing. when American Airlines uh, delays your flight by four hours. Well, Mark, you know, at this point in the season, everybody's playing hurt. You're injured. Sean's injured. And the worst part is... I'm, of course, in tip-top physical state uh, condition, but, uh, the worst but I had a team I, in it. So. I had a connecting flight, so, of course, that one got canceled, and they I love it when they rebook you. And the flight I that they rebooked me on, I would have just landed two hours ago. So Oh, well, I'm glad we didn't no try sense. and do the Tuesday show. Yeah. That was, no, I was I skeptical that we could pull it off, and, and that was even if everything went well. So, so just tell us before we go, what happened with your travel itinerary? Because well, I mean, everybody you know, every storms, seat right? is sold, right? And then they've taken 170 planes out of circulation because of this, uh, this, this, this issue with the Alaska Airlines yep. flight. And by the way, anybody who, who saw this and also saw yeah. Goldfinger... Are you now questioning the whole notion that when there's an opening in the plane that a big fat villain is going to get sucked out because of cabin well, pressure? Well, got his shirt sucked off. You know that, that right? That didn't sound right. Well, did you hear about the iPhone that was found? Yeah. That yeah. fell 1,400 feet or something and still... Why does mine break when I drop I it? I got to say, say, too, my favorite, my favorite part about that whole panel missing from the plane is the fact that we got the interview... With the high school teacher who found the panel in his yard. <laughs> Which, why? What is that? Who cares? It's better than finding blue ice but, in your yard. But I, yeah, true. But I love the fact of how much that guy seemed to embrace it and to tell that story of like, I didn't touch it. Uh, so the NTSB could look at it. And I, he said he got, he got really, um, did he say he gets shivers? I don't know. Something like he, uh, his heart uh, started beating faster when he found the airplane panel in his yard. So me, I would have been like, wow, I was just thinking my yard and thrown in my neighbor's yard. Is he thinking that if if he touched it 
and they investigated. You know they would think that <laughs> he, he was, was the, the guy who pulled it off the plane, <laughs> and then he jumped down. Or, right. That's or a maybe, very responsible citizen who says the NTSB needs to see this panel as it is, so I'm not going to touch it. Or maybe the, the, it was the gremlin that tried to pull William Shatner out of a plane in that uh, long ago uh, Twilight Zone episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was on the wing. Later recreated by uh, John Lithgow in That's the right. Twilight Zone movie. I think I think a lot of people, though, um, or not a lot of people, but there, you know there's some people out there who aren't paying attention to things going on in the world that would find them in their backyard and just be totally confused by it and put it in the garbage. You don't think that looks like... Uh, very different from every other random no, piece some people, of some, flotsam no, that lands in your yard. I would have been annoyed if it landed in my yard. What? That's another thing I have to deal with now? Better in the yard than through the roof. I gotta find a phone number to call the NTSB? I think it's just uh, 1-800-FEDS or something. You are the kind of person that would do that. I have called the NTSB when that uh, <laughs> really when that little uh, plane went down uh, around Milford. Um, I was working for the Free Press on a oh, Sunday, your and there job, was a though. plane crash. Yeah, and, and they were very responsive and very helpful, by the way. But um, They have an important job. But they're in the phone book. Easy to, easy to find NTSB. Yeah. In fact, he probably could have used phone, the, the, the cell phone, phone book. that What fell. year was this? I'm, I'm an older gentleman, which is why I'm having a tooth removed. Oh, God. Yeah, getting all sucks. All right, I found anyway. out today I've had this tooth since I was six years old, so how do you like that? Ew. After 50 years, it's got to come out. Gross. So thanks for listening, folks. Please join us on Patreon. Please let our sponsors, Yaldo, Luke Nowacki, Zot Ford, let them know that you found, about, found out about them from our show. And next week, we are going to talk about another big game. That will be my charity hockey game at oh, yeah. Clark Park. That's going to be January 20th. Please come out and see me. It's a lot of fun. We're going to have sliders. We're going to have beer. We're going to have a great time. You'll see some terrific hockey and me which is some awful hockey trying to keep up with these flyers, but it's going to be a great time. And we will have a link to our Patreon, our, our, our patronicity website. If you would like to donate to that too, all of this can be found at our website, mlsolvedetroit.com. Mark, welcome home, Sean. We hope you're feeling better because I know you're listening because you listen to every show <laughs> every week for quality control. So you can see how you can do better next time. No, that's not true. He doesn't even think about that. I don't even think he listens to himself when he's saying stuff, but we will be back next week. And until then, we turn to our friend Cyrus to take us Can you dig out. that? Can Go green. you dig it? Can you dig it? Sean. Here does kill him. I don't like to kill. I'm the brains, eh? Like we got over five billion dollars in our Patreon account. Only some of the money's marked, eh? So we're not spending it. We's just waiting. These guys like a smoke? No, eh? We want our lungs to be pink when they fry us. Hey, we told him we didn't want a lawyer. Yeah, Mark. He'd probably just kill him anyway. <laughs> lawyers are for sucks. ML Solo Detroit. Your lawyer's here.